and welcome back to the show. It's Eric Ryle, the Subvet. Well, Eric, good to see you again. Man, Dave, I am feeling much better. I mean, uh, at least at least this time I didn't take like 10 different cold meds, you know, because you never know which one's going to work. So you take them all, right? That's the and way then, it works, uh, right? Experimentation. One of them's got to work. <laughs> Experimentation. <laughs> I thought it made for a great show, man. I, I thought. Yeah, I was out there, man. It's like a, like I drank a case of beer and I ain't drinking years. So. That yeah, worked out really well. <laughs> Big sub news this week. Lots of news in the submarine week, and we'll get to some of that in just a minute. But today was also Veterans Day. How did uh, how'd your Veterans Day go? My Veterans Day was fantastic. So, you know, I work for a local school district here, and. Uh, uh, it was, uh, well, we were working at an elementary school, so I just I knew it was going to be there. So I talked to the administrator and I told him, yeah, I'd be willing to uh, give some talks. But I don't think they really knew I did, you know, because, you know, some veterans come in and they're not very talkative. Like, we're, well, a lot of people are not very talkative like we are today, but, they, you know, they just don't throw down. So when I, a captain came and I retired, he's a JAG officer. And he saw, so I brought him my model boat. And I had it in there, and he saw that, and he's like, "Hey, boy, you got the real deal. You got, you got a submarine. This is serious stuff." And he wanted to meet me, so that kind of got him all hyped. So next thing you know, I got invited to all the classrooms. I talked in six different classes, and it was, you know, a lot of Q and A. Kind of told him a little bit what I did and stuff. And and you know what? Some of the questions that kids ask are some of the best questions. You know, you, you, ne- you never know. You know, what what does a fish do when, when it gets too close? Does it? You guys see it? So it gets, you know, this dumb thing. You're like, well, uh, we don't really care about the fishes. You know, you don't want to really say because you're like a second grade. We don't care about the fishes. Do you make stuff up? Do you make stuff up? Because that's what I do. People ask yeah. me ridiculous questions. I <laughs> yes, just make stuff up. Make stuff up. I have one. I have one of them ask me today. They had nothing. Well, I think because I was talking about the rockets and the missile systems, and they said. And they said, well, when the first man landed on the moon, you know, how, how did they how did they uh, take pictures of him when they came out of the to the landing? You know, the, they said something else, but it's the landing module, the limb. Well, I said, well, there was aliens up there. They took all the <laughs> the teacher was laughing. But, you know, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, sometimes you got to have a little bit of fun with it. But no, it was a great time. And, I, you know, I enjoy talking to the, uh, the next generation. It's coming up for sure. It's uh it's good to little known hear. trivia fact that I don't, I don't I'm sure you know this because we're both C3 Poseidon techs. Um, right. The lunar module guidance computer is actually the same guidance computer that the Poseidon missile used. Yep. That's so what I heard when yeah. I was watching. Uh, You're exactly right. Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, all the people that were in. So they're doing all the verb noun entry stuff. And I'm like, hey, I know what that means. <laughs> I even know how to right. do that. It was it was weird. Uh, kind of cool. Mine was kind of quiet. I didn't do much today. I actually, the, the big celebration for me, Rod, or uh, Eric, was I got to sleep in today. I never get to sleep in. And I got to sleep in. Well, today. I mean, that's always good. Yeah. I mean, I think you should have the day off, and that's it's Veterans Day, right? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> so I got to sleep in today, and I was pretty thrilled about that. I'm not one of these people that goes out, you know, there, there's people out there that go to every free meal they can get free thing they can oh, i'm a veteran it's veterans day i'm gonna get all the free stuff i got i've always felt like that's kind of hinky and so i don't i don't do that um in fact i try to all avoid right. the crowds i was uh we went to starbucks because my wife's addicted to starbucks because she says oh you can get a free coffee today like yay mm. a free coffee from starbucks Woo-hoo. Right. 
Um, but we the, did. I did get a free Arby's sandwich at lunch. Right. So, but it was just a sandwich. You had to pay for the Coke and the fries. Well, of course. It ended up being $5 and something. So I was like, well, why do I even come here? I just paid for the whole meal anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the lines at Starbucks yeah, were so just, long. It's just like, a sign of the yeah, get your And, you know, and a lot of people don't know about the history of this day. I mean, this is a, this was a, after World War One. It was yep. Armistice Day. Armistice Day. Yeah, remember so a lot day. of people are in the, yeah, arms, yeah, so they, they're in the mistake that, you know, this is just something Americans do. Yeah. And this is a, this is something, something that Americans took uh, a worldwide uh, holiday and tried to turn it into our own. I get, I get frustrated with the people who, because there's always somebody on social media, and you know this, there's always somebody who posts that. Veterans Day is for the living. Memorial Day is for the dead. Don't mourn the dead. Like, screw you. It's Armistice Day. It was yeah. Armistice Day long before it was Veterans Day. If I want to remember deceased veterans today, that's my business. Who, who the hell are you to tell me what I can and can't do? Yeah, feel? I've had I've had people get upset in the face. Same thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Or, or you say Happy Veterans Day. Yeah. Don't say that to some people. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Or Happy. There's Memorial nothing Day. happy about it. Happy Memorial Day. <laughs> well, you know, it's the same thing in 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 my faith. I mean, happy Yom Kippur. Uh, have you ever been to a Yom Kippur service? There's nothing happy going on here. <laughs> it's, it's four it's hours of, very, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's four hours of whatever. Anyway, welcome back. It's good to have you here. And uh, big news in the submarine world this week is this metallurgist who inspected Navy Steve's Steel, sorry, I almost said Navy SEALs, and that would be right. weird to inspect Navy SEALs, although I've done that <laughs> once or twice. Um, oh, well, okay. Anyways. <laughs> long story very short. I mean, we could talk about this. So I was on the, I was on the damn neck Fleet Combat Training Center line. I was on the Auxiliary Security Force during the first Gulf War, and we trained with Dev, right. what was then Dev Group 6, now SEAL Team 6. We trained with them for, for penetration exercises. So I got to see a few of those guys up pretty close, much closer than I wanted to from most cases. Anyway, long story, that's that's completely unrelated. So this Navy Steel, which has to be inspected by this woman, and she is like 67 years old. She's retiring. Right. And I guess the story is she had been training her replacement on how to do her job because that's what you do, right? Right. And her replacement was watching her do this stuff and went, wait, wait a sec, you're not doing things the way you're training me to do them. And so I guess this replacement, whoever it was, notified the superiors that, hey, something's hinky here. And so they went back and they looked at all this these tests and they found out that she had, what's the word for it? Lied on mm -hmm. some of the tests. Some of the metal that she said passed the test did not. And this has set off a firestorm of opened up a massive can of worms. Yeah, because again, she's been doing this for 30 years, 35 years, long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's probably two generations of submarines. You go back 30 years, they were still building Ohio classes. I don't know where they're still finishing up. The, they were still building LA class flight threes, right? Yeah, it would have been, and then then into the Virginias, and now into the Columbias. That's a lot of submarines that have, and and that's not just submarines, by the way. It's all Navy ships, so it could be. Yeah, it's a this metal's bought for a lot of projects, not not just the submarine force. How's that? So, as a submariner, fellow submariner, 
How does that make you feel to know that I'm, I'm pretty sure she wasn't, she didn't have anything to do with mine because mine was built 40, 40 years ago, but, and mm -hmm. yours was, yours was the grant. So yours was even older than that. But Grant Stimson, I got to launch rockets off a lot of Tridents, so yeah. I'm sure some feel? of the metal must have been on some of that. Yeah. How does it make you feel? I mean, what, what's your first thought that goes through your head when you read that story? Other than answering the texts that are coming from people going, Dave, what do you think about this? Eric, what do you think about this? Other than that, what's the first thought that goes through your head on this? So, I guess I come from, come from this in a different perspective. So, obviously, it makes you angry. But, you know, so... My career kind of put me in a unique thing where going down to no to and, and working with all the different contractors down there and then, you know, talking to pad safety. And then you just you learn things about contractors that you don't learn when you're just punching holes in the water. So you see things and you hear things. So it's just stuff like this doesn't surprise me based on that experience. And then my father, you know, he, you know, he's passed away a few years now, but, you know, he was a quality assurance engineer for, for uh, Lockheed Martin for a long time. Well, he got hired on Martin Marietta, but, you know, it got, got combined at some point Lockheed Martin. But before that, you know, in the early stages of this space shuttle program, he was a quality assurance engineer out there. And his main thing was not metallurgy, but metrology, which is, you know, the science of measurement. So, you know, so she's got the, yes, this is that one incident that, but you've got how many other incidents where you got managers where they're pushing deadlines, especially like with the space shuttle. I mean, but we basically lost two of them because it, it always comes down to management making poor decisions based on, uh, you know, what whatever it is, it's deadlines or money or something like that. It's the same thing with the, any defense department project. It's been going on for years. It's, there's, it's just, a little bit, there's corruption involved. So in the broad uh, spectrum you know, of this. Is there, yeah, right. it's just that how, you, yeah, you can get mad at this one thing, but this is just one thing and thousands of other things, too. And, in, and is it really, last time I checked? Is it really uh -huh. that big of a thing, do you think? In the broad scheme of things, do you really think that this person may be lying about? Well, she did. She admitted she lied about some of these tests. Yeah. Is it really that big of a deal? I mean, once you work through it and you think about it all, like I was telling you, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, well, last time I checked, we haven't lost any submarines since the 60s. And we ha we've had two bounce off the bottom in the last 15 years now. And they made it to the surface after catastrophic damage. So I think, I th think, uh, I think the steel's working out pretty good so far. Here's, I mean, the, here's it, the thing with me. I, I, to me, okay, so apparently she was, she took it upon herself to disapprove of the Navy's standards for the steel. In other words, she thought that the steel was, the, the tests were too stringent, unnecessarily so. And so she would pass tests that would meet what she considered to be the normal qualifications, but not the excessive Navy, Navy qualifications that they wanted. Now, I got a problem with that because who are you to decide that? You know, number one, the odds that this woman's ever been on a submarine is pretty low. So she's not in a position to make that decision, in my view. Now, maybe she's right. It's very possible that she's correct that, that this isn't, um, that, this, that, that, that these standards were too high. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't know. But it's not her place to decide that. So I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with the fact that 
this is breaking now, that this news is coming out now, because it makes our entire Navy, but particularly our submarine force, look compromised at a time right when we do a major accident right at a time we don't need to be compromised we don't need to be looking compromised in the face of our potential adversaries the communist chinese but lastly and th this is what i this is what bothers me the most i was in the i was making patrols when john walker was outed the spy john walker i was making patrols then and i remember what that did to us we went from making patrols and feeling like we were reasonably confidently safe. In other words, we were operating in places that nobody should have. In fact, it was a running joke back then, Eric, that nobody knew where we were. The United States Navy didn't know where we were. We That's had true. an incident at one point where we got picked up accidentally by SOSIS and identified as a Red Fleet SSBN. They thought we were a Russian. So... Which can be bad. It could be bad, but at the same time, it was also kind of good because it was like, well, okay. What Walker gave them was our operating areas. He, he told the Russians where we were. And so all of a sudden, all this time that I've spent feeling secure or reasonably secure, as secure as one can feel, is gone. It evaporates because this son of a gun gave them that information. And I feel kind of the same way here. There's nothing safe about going to see a good friend of mine uh, that I worked with at Damneck posted this today. Uh, at sea, security is an illusion. The deep is tenaciously indifferent, punishing inattention, rigidity, arrogance, and return to base is never promised. And he's absolutely right. And with this woman doing this, okay, she can tell me all she wants that she, it was only the excessive test that she disapproved of, but how do I know that? And if she lied about it for 30 years, what else is she lying about? And that's the problem that I have with this. All of a sudden, my, my sense of security is gone. Yeah, see, I, I get the whole, I get it with the Johnny Walker thing. I think that's just something else. And then you got, you know, you also got this couple here that Sold it, you know, sold the nuclear propulsion plant information for a hundred grand to an ally. Right. I mean, I mean, that, that's dumb. But he, so, like I said, there's all kinds of holes everywhere. Should she be punished? Absolutely. Should the next set of characters be punished? Absolutely. But I, I think, uh, I don't know, what do you do? Have a big Navy wide stand down for contractors and have everybody examine, you know, who, 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 the, who you are as individuals first. Then who you are as parts of your company, who you are as part of the company, and then, then we'll roll it right up to electric boat and Navy. I mean. One of the oldest sayings, one of the oldest maxims in security is only people you trust can hurt you. And you have to trust people. You, you, you got to get, you know, you get married, but only your marriage, only that relationship, she's the only one that can hurt you or he, depending on, you know, it is the 21st century now. Um, in, in security, you have to trust people with information, but people can be untrustworthy with information. And I, I don't I don't know what they do now. I know in my day, the personal and, and in your day, the PRP, the personal reliability program was I mean, it was so detailed. How I, 
I don't know how far they went into your life, but I know in my life, I got a D I got an interview one time. I got called in for a PRP interview one time because I went six months without getting a speeding ticket and they wanted to know what had changed in my life. What's changed that you're not driving ridiculously fast anymore. <laughs> and I had to tell the guys because I got tired of paying tickets. I, I just, I just finally decided that I'd rather spend that money on something else. It would make me more comfortable if they had a PRP program for defense contractors that are working on our boats. It certainly would. But uh, the expense that these companies would charge, you know, to run a program like that would be astronomical. But even that. But I get what you're saying with the PRP. I mean, I mean, it it happened to me. Well, I got checked on the PRP because you know how everybody had those drama ex-wives back in the day. So you know, I, not I had that, and, not me. and that's what the PRPC. If you're on, st- if you're on, well, you might have got lucky. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I had a master chief on a boat once. Is it? If you've been divorced three times, don't complain about it. But I mean, <laughs> just is what it is. When the submarine force, <laughs> he actually said that because we were talking about divorces in the control one time, and we're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> now only got one master chief. Sorry about that. But, you know, yeah, the PRPs was very effective when I was in. I, mean, I thought it was very it, effective. It, it, what it was designed to do. Yeah. And, so, and I don't know that. So here's the thing, because I don't, I don't know that you could do a security program for people that are building the ships, but they do have these inspection systems. They have the subsay system. They have the, the you know, the, the quality control issues. Um, and, and, and these inspectors that are supposed to sign off on things as, as being done correctly. And now we find out that at least one of them was was lying because quote she didn't like the standards well is it i mean you could almost get off in this political discussion about the systemic areas in our society where people are just deciding for themselves what's wrong right and wrong again as opposed to following following the standards but i i it makes me very uncomfortable if i were going to see tonight and and you know this you know this feeling you know you get below a certain point and you start getting that creak, creak, pop, pop. I'd be having second thoughts tonight. I wouldn't be sleeping when the ship dives. I can tell you that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. And I tell you what, I mean, it, it, I don't know if you ever got a chance to launch a rocket off one of those did. boats. I did. Four but, of them. But the Trident too. poof, that, that pushes the boats to the limit right there. I mean, you got the 40, what is it, 45 feet? By, by seven feet of rocket leaving just like that, all that water coming down into the tube, smashing in there, and the boat is at depth. So you got all these stresses. No, I, I wouldn't want to go launch a rocket either off a boat right now. So I feel you, Dave. I that get was, what you're saying. That was so cool, Don. <laughs> I got to do a four-missile FOT in uh, April of 85. I drive, mm-hmm. uh, you, I don't know if you know Whalen Shropshire or not, but Whalen runs uh, 41, <laughs> 41 for, you know, everybody, Shrop, everybody knows Shrop. Every- and and everybody knows Shrop, man. That guy followed me around. Every April, he, every was spying on me. Right, every April twenty second, he always posts this. You know, this day in FBM history. And every April twenty second, the only thing on the list is April twenty second. USS Michigan does a four missile OT, and every year I type, I was there, I was there, I was there. Yeah, yeah. that was, was the coolest yeah. thing in the world, man. Four birds, man, and and those were C four birds, so they weren't even D five birds, and just the. the just the stress on the ship for that was amazing. I mean, I 
I love my ship, the Michigan, and I know that uh, I know that she was well built. But man, you 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 watch that happen, and you go, how in the world do we really? Yeah, it's expect just these- uh, it's your whole world comes apart when that thing leaves. I mean, just everything just bounces for a few minutes. That's four you missiles. Think, think you're done. Yeah, four of them right away. Yeah, I, 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 I know what you're talking about. Could you I imagine mean, a twenty-four I, ripple? A twenty-four yeah, missile yeah, ripple? I can't. Oh my God. Talk about and they and uh, have they done a twenty four? I don't I think they've they ever done 16. one. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they've ever even done a sixteen. I don't. They may have, but not that I know. I of. thought they did. I thought they did one ripple launch on a, one of the Lafayette. We did those four. We did those four as a ripple, and yeah. that four alone was like holy crap. And I can't even imagine what that ship would go through after twenty four. I mean, it would be. Mm-hmm. Not that, not that that has anything to do with meteorologists and and people lying and security clearances, but but these ships are. But it shows you the the, the amount of stress that these boats have to go under. This is just for missile launches, right? We don't know what all these Virginia classes are doing and stuff. Who knows? But... We know they're crawling near the bottom. Which, yeah, which is potentially dangerous. Bumping into stuff. Yeah, <laughs> potentially dangerous. And and the truth is. Well, I shouldn't say the truth is. I said I should say the rumor is that submarines have been doing this for a long time. Um, I think the book is uh, Blind Man's Bluff. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read that and read all about how some submarine, quote unquote, was uh, on the bottom of the Sea of Okhotsk, you know, putting out divers and crap and hanging out of the bottoms. And Tom Clancy talks about how certain submarines have certain fittings at very at different places than other boats because they got to be like secure uh, seawater intake valves have to be located higher so that they can sit on the bottom. And mm-hmm. I'm not sit saying any of that's yeah. true. I'm just saying you can read about it. And the stresses that, that those kind of things would put on a submarine are immense. The, the stresses that would be put on, an, on a surface ship. We, I was talking to my wife today. She has a friend that was on a supply ship. And they were talking about unreps and how scary and dangerous the unreps are. And she was like, well, why do they go so fast? You know, because they, they run those unwraps, what, 10, 15 knots? I don't know. Yeah. She said, why don't they just stop? So because if you stop, you have no steerage way. You can't control the ship. She's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it also makes a day. The stresses on the ships. Can you imagine doing unrep? We did a personnel transfer off Hawaii. We were off Kauai. Um, we are doing torpedo control ops, and the contractors missed movement. So we had to go back to like Kauai and get these guys. I'm topside. Right. I'm topside phone talker for small boat handling party. I loved it. It's the best job I ever had. But I'm topside. Yeah. Now I'm on a Trident, a Michigan, USS Michigan. So the yeah. freeboard on these things is about 15, 20 feet anyway. I looked over on my port side as I'm standing topside. The water was right at the deck. Right? Wow. I You're looked at the it. same. Th- no. At the same time, because we were bow on into it, so the ship was barely moving at all. So the water's right at the deck level on the left side, port side. I look over uh-huh. to the right, you can't even see the water. It's so far down. So uh-huh. it's like, like that. And the ship's just moving just, and these guys are trying to do this personal transfer from this tugboat. I, I guess I was going to tell you, I mean, I had to do some game playing jumps over 20. It's, it's going from 20 feet to zero feet hitting the missile deck yep. boom and come up and boom, boom. And get, you got those thunderstorms off the coast of florida you know all the time so the seas can get pretty rough and we'd have to do transfers back and forth off of there right so, and yeah, lots, lots of fun submarines don't have keels like normal ships do they have round bottoms so you're getting that motion man it's 
the stresses that's put on that steel. And so I, it makes me mad that this woman just decided to do this. I, I get it. I understand that the reality, the, the, the day-to-day reality is it's probably not going to affect anything, probably. But it's the not knowing for sure that just, yeah. because this is why we have the procedure, so that we know for sure that this has been done right. And we don't have that here. And that bothers me, man. That that would keep me awake at night. Probably will anyway. Yeah, well, I, I mean, but if you're active years. duty, Dave, I mean, and you got to you got to deploy tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna go, you're not gonna go to your master chief or or your chief. You're gonna say, hey, I'm not I'm not going this time because this news is murky. I just it's just but not you know, me. But you know what, Eric? <laughs> I mean, you, you say that, but okay. Let's say you and I probably don't aren't real phased by that because we recognize the risks anyway, and we go, well, okay, well, I'm gonna do this. But you know who doesn't is Cammy or your wife and your kids who read this same news and go, wait a minute, right. my dad, my brother, my husband, my son is going to be on one of those tomorrow. So this creates unnecessary it creates a lot panic. Of yeah, right. it's, a P- it's a PR nightmare. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from you. I don't know, from man. Companies and the Navy. I mean, and, and then and we, the submarine force, we've just been hit week after week here lately with one. One thing after another. I mean, at some point, I'm hoping it's got to stop, right? Maybe. But in these days and times, who knows? knows? Back in 85, I think it was, we had a a Navy-wide safety stand down for a day where the entire Navy just stopped everything for a day. And we had safety lectures. And (laughs) it was like, (laughs) why are we doing this? Because some Airedale somewhere screwed something up and, and they had like seven or eight aircraft carrier accidents right in a row. And so mm-hmm. we had to have a Navy-wide stand-down for safety. But, you know, it, we, we kind of made fun of it at the time, but it, the reality of it is it's worth thinking about because safety is so paramount. And I, and I know we joke about it a lot, and we, we find a lot of gallows humor in it, but the reality of it is we operate as safely as we possibly can, and people don't mess around with safe stuff, with safety. And, and you want to get yourself on, a, on the, the bad list, which is not the word I would normally use, but... But, but you want to get yourself on that list real quick. Do stuff that's not safe, and you'll find yourself on that list very quickly. You know what I'm hoping? Because like with the Johnny Walker case, security got straightened up real quick. It got tight. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and because, I mean, it, that shouldn't have happened in the first place, but boy, it fixed a lot of problems. And, and they found probably extra problems that they weren't even aware of because of that. So what I'm hoping is because of this, you know, maybe there, there's going to be a lot of examination, and uh, certainly hope so. We'll get we'll get we'll get this tightened up. So, yeah, because uh, in the drive article I was reading today, apparently they had problem with welds in the missile tubes, yeah. just like we were talking about launching rockets. We don't need the first Columbia class boat going to the bottom of the drink right, on its first missile launch, you know, because of bad <laughs> welds. Yeah, that would not be. So hopefully, uh... yeah, hopefully this. Just tightens everything up, you know, and, and you know, I, I just does it suck to happen? But sometimes maybe it's it's good that some of these things happen because people are people, unfortunately, and th- these things happen. And when we find out, it, it, it's a time to reflect and and fix these things. People are That's people wherever you go. <laughs> so I was uh, I was reading news. One of the things I like to do for I'm a historian, so one of the things I like to do is read newspapers from the past. And I always make it a habit, Eric, of reading the newspaper 100 years ago today. 
which is kind of That's weird. A, I know it's like I interesting. have <laughs> way too much free time apparently, and it's one of the things I do. So I was reading, <laughs> I was reading the paper yesterday, and uh, I came across an article or something I didn't know anything about. I cannot find any official Navy record of, and that is the USS L six SS one or SS forty three, which was an old L class boat during the First World War. In fact, she mm-hmm. had she had deployed to England during the First World War. And had come back to America, to the East Coast, and then sailed all the way around in the company with some other L-boats to San Pedro, Los Angeles. And it was a big deal. I mean, the newspapers were following these these submarines sailing around to the West Coast because it was a big deal. They didn't have radio communications the way they do now. And one of the articles about these these boats is, yep, they're all still out there. We've, we've, we've confirmed they're still coming. They're still out there. Anyway, L-6, I guess, yesterday, November 10th was operating out in Los Angeles Harbor for some reason. It's, I can't find anything as to why or what they were doing, but they were just uh-huh. out in the middle of the harbor and they were underwater and the battery compartment caught fire. And they had to they had to do an emergency surface in the middle of Los Angeles Harbor. Right. And six guys were so badly injured they had to go in with the the they called them gas helmets. I would imagine they were the 1920s version of OBAs, oxygen breathing apparatus. Yeah. They had to go in and pull these six guys out, and they were so badly burned they had to take them to the hospital. But there's nothing else out there of that. Even navsource.org, which is one of the greatest sites in the world, if you want to know anything about any Navy ship. That's my, that's my uh, go-to for yeah. everything right there. <laughs> They've got nothing about it. Not even a mention. Nothing, huh? Nothing. I can't find anything. You know, well, NavSource, who, I don't, I, I, do you know any of the guys that's I, I don't. I don't, over there? I don't know any of them, but I. I mean, but I'd like to buy them a. They've beer. been around for years, but man, yeah, no kidding. Because uh, I mean, here lately they've been putting more and more pictures and information out there. It's just like uh, who's ever running that? They're they're really kicking it, and good for them for as far as historical perspective. You want to know anything Anyways, about any but, Navy ship that's hey, ever existed, including the the Prinz Eugen, the uh, a German ship that we captured after the first after the Second World War? You want to yeah. know anything about this? They've got it, except for this. They don't have anything about this. And the only thing I can find is that little bitty article that mm. I that I posted yesterday about this happened off Los Angeles. And, Google and nothing. Nothing. There's nothing in nothing. the nothing in the official records. Nothing. Huh. And and that's interesting. You know, she was decommissioned shortly after that, so I imagine that probably had part of it. Anyway, it just reminded me how dangerous this job is because mm. even battery fires in 1920, battery fires. That's still something that scares us today. I was just thinking about knowing the construction methods that weren't all that great back. And back then, you know, those guys were getting those boats because those boats were like the newest thing. To them, that was their version of Star Trek. This is the best of the best we got. And they just got on them like, hey, you know, trusting whoever built it, no problem. And, you know, those things weren't up to snuff. And and I just can't imagine ever going to see you on a World War II boat. The heck, you know, a fleet boat, you know. Man, I'd go to Seattle Fleet. Can you even- I would, we were in we were in Pearl Harbor, 1985. We're in Pearl Harbor, and three of us, myself, uh, Missile Tech First Class Leroy Smith, and our Bull Ensign guy by the name of Hal Skoog, took the Bowfin tour. Now this was supposed to be a 45 minute self guided tour. They give you this little tape recorder phone thing, and you listen to the tape, and then you go to the next station. You listen. We don't. We're not. We're on that boat for like six hours. Okay, we are crawling through every system, every 
thing. Mr. Skoog was, I recall Mr. Skoog was just finishing up his officer's ship's quals anyway. Uh So we were going through it. We're comparing it to our boat. We're, if we'd had fuel in the bunkers and a couple more guys to run the engine room, we could have taken that baby to sea right then. I mean, that's, we were were ready to go, man. We were ready to go. And the docents are like, really docents are like, are you guys going to go or not? Are you? You're taking too much time. You guys, to leave, you, know, you guys are spending way too much time here. So, you know, if I was with a bunch of boat guys, though, that we would, I would have done the same thing. I'm not going to lie. It was, but fantastic. you know, when you're just with your family, you know, they're, you know, yeah. I want something to eat. And you're wanting to stay and look around and you're lucky to be. I think the one I went down to, what's the one at Battleship Alabama? We stopped by there a few years yeah. ago. And I, I was lucky to be on there 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. I took, uh, I took my wife, Cammie to San Francisco on Valentine's Day in 2010. So she's four or four and a half months pregnant with Ben. And they have the USS Pampanito there, which is still in World War II configuration. And mm-hmm. it's a fully functioning, but it's 90% functional. The engines are disabled, but I, I think they'll run, but there's no propellers. And anyway, they use it for campouts. They have scouts and stuff that spend the night on it. And everything works. Everything mm-hmm. works. So I'm on there. We're on there going through there um and they're pumping the sanitary tank and my wife is four and a half five months pregnant <laughs> as they're pumping the sanitary tanks. <laughs> and all these tourists that are in there with us man everybody starts bailing they're like and they're running for those hatches and <laughs> and i just stood there i just stood there and smiled at the guy and he's like he looks at me and he says what boat are you on What's the big deal? <laughs> so I got the private tour, man. I got to see the whole. I have a picture of myself on the bridge of the Bowfin uh, in San Francisco, right. which nobody ever. They don't let people up there, and I've got my no, I've got no, a picture no, of myself no. up there. Oh, and, good for you. You know, one thing was coming to mind since we're talking about World War II. You know, so you know it was a big war effort, and everybody was involved in building our airplanes, our tanks, and boats, and you know whatever. And and during a wartime like that, if you were if you were some kind of construction worker. The gun decked in the logs during a time of war. Lord help you for being that person. Cause I can only imagine what would happen to somebody that, you know, might've been half stepping gun decked in a log, you know, building a, a bomber, you know, yeah. or, or, or a World War II submarine, like we're talking about, that would be bad. So I'm just saying, if we're going to time of war right now, and, well, you know, you could make the argument. You, you don't want to be that are. person. Yeah. You could make the argument that we kind of are. Cause it's, 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 you know, it's, I, I don't know what's going to happen to this woman for doing this. I really don't. I, I know a lot of submariners on our boards and pages and the subvet is a page. And I know a lot of people are calling for some pretty harsh things. Again, I don't know that mm-hmm. that's totally necessary. But at the same time, there's got to be some accountability and there's got to be. Some, and, and the problem, the problem with it, Eric, do you, does anybody understand how much cost this is going to incur? Because every boat now Every ship is going to have to be inspected, re-inspected, yep. every single one. How much time is that going to take? And yeah. in t- in today's world, do we really need to be taking ships offline for, for this? Because it's it's not good. Is that woman going to be able to reimburse the Navy for inspecting all those ships? Probably not. But yeah, something's got to be done. done for, I mean, there's got to be some kind of punishment, but. I just, like I said, I was saying with the Johnny Walker, I hope it's time to reflect and and we and we fix and we tighten up everything. We find all the other problems that might be out there and 
because you know if we're going into a time war or certainly feels like it we certainly need to uh, make sure we're we're doing the right thing for our, our boys deploying. That's for sure. Eric Ryle, he's with the subvet.com and he's also got the subvet Facebook page, which you can join. You just go to facebook.com slash the subvet, I think is what it is. Answer the question. Answer the dang question. If you don't answer the question, I don't know what Eric's policy is. I know my policy as a moderator is if you don't answer the question, I say no, you can't come in. You're not going to, I'm going right. to put decline to answer the questions. There's actually a section. That's, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So it's just, I, I don't want anybody to be mistaken of what kind of operation <laughs> I'm running. Right. Again, I do have, fam- it's a family type. Of, I got, I got ch- minor children on there. I got uh, moms and dads. I get, you know, I got people of every type, not just submariners. And uh, I mean, I like, I like, I like, um, you know, some of those other submarine groups and hashing out with guys like we do, you know, the salty dog talk. I mean, I, I, I've been caught doing that maybe a time or two. Don't tell my wife, but it's, it's not, that's not what the sub vets intended for. I want it to be all inclusive. I want everybody to come in and see what submarine is about. That's right. So if you want to know what's up, that's what's going on in submarine world, then the sub vet is the place to do it. And you can email Eric, tell them where they can get a hold of you. You can get a hold of me at eric at thesubvet.com. And you can also hit me up on Twitter, the subvet, as well. And uh, just, and also, uh, if, uh, if if you're interested in doing an interview, I wouldn't be starting up uh, video interviews like I did a year ago. So send me an email if you think you might be interested in uh, saying a little bit about your story, enlisted or officer. We'd love to hear it. So hit We'd me love up. to see it. Those are All important right. things. Of course, you can get me at Dave at thedavebowmanshow.com. We'll see you next time when we sit down and talk submarine stuff with Eric Rowell, the sub Thanks, Dave.